Assemble! We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go! from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because most with the most, and they are in charge. They are the captains. They are in the captain's chair, and they are at the helm. Behind the wheel, therefore, they are steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. Welcome to His Hard Line. Today is Saturday, June 17th, 2023. And you are listening to episode 561, A Heavy Absence. And then we'll be doing a reading uh, at a First Peter chapter 1 out of 5 chapters. So, welcome to His Hard Line. Glad everybody is doing well. We had ourselves quite the, quite the trip. We just got back just uh, from just yesterday, actually, from Traverse City. Went to Great Wolf Lodge. That was a good time, and uh, spent some good time up there and playing in the water park and eating overpriced food and drinking overpriced drinks. Not a whole lot of them, but we had to get at least a couple of them. It's not a true vacation until you pay a whole large lump of money for you know some really overpriced drinks. So you had to get like two of them, right? And then you're already in the poorhouse, and they're cheaply made. And anyway. But it was it was fun. It was a good time. My daughter really enjoyed it. She loves water parks. So we had a really good time. My back was still killing me. Uh, I sat a lot of times in the hot tub. But, you know, my daughter's starting to work up uh, her courage now. She now she knows how to swim pretty decent. And and uh, she worked up her courage down the water slide at the aquatic center that we are uh, were members of. And that's a long story there, but, but anyways, but she, uh, she's, she's starting to gain her confidence and her courage. And, and so she was excited to go to great wolf lodge and she went down every single water slide there and she's only six. And, uh, you know what? I was pretty impressed. And now she's ready to go to Kalahari cause she wants to try more water slides bigger than ever than before. So she's like super excited about that. Um, so 
Before we get into anything real quick, uh, real quick, you know, disclaimer, remember, as always, stay periodically on the podcast. I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat and I don't play one on TV. I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, priest, deacon or biblical scholar or a bar lawyer, nor do I hold any title of nobility. And I do not give out legal advice, and I am also not the official face or voice of the national, state, or county assemblies. And additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own unless I reference other material. So there you go. So before I get going here on my opening monologue, I want to play something first, which kind of refers to the heavy absence title. Um, I'm going to play. I got two audio clips. The first one I'm going to play is about, oh, I don't know. Let me see. How, how, how long is this? Let me see. This is about, no, that's not the one I want to play. Uh, let me see here. I think this one's about three minutes long. Let, I, I want you to hear this first, okay? And then we'll get into a little bit of a open log here. I want to know if you will stay eyes I see the truth just take my hand because I won't let go cause I believe in you let's share this memory hello hi Mary how are you today oh hi Dan good I'm good how are you gosh I haven't talked to you for a couple of days get older and and I you, you feel somehow that you're not, maybe you're not, don't have the value you used to. Your children are grown, your grandchildren are older. So I've never been lonesome in my life, and, and lately you, feel, you get to feeling lonely. Without Eschaton, I would be so, it'd be dreary. My life really and truly would be dreary because there'd be nobody calling very much. And it's nice to meet somebody who, that thinks you're special and, and you kind of know it and it feels good. Socialization, security, and the comfort of hearing a friendly voice are all part of Eschaton's Telephone Reassurance Program, where trained volunteers make phone calls to isolated and homebound seniors. And you know, I've been volunteering for so long because I've lived around a lot of seniors who are alone and they just needed someone to touch in on a daily basis or a few times a week to let them know that that someone cares. Yeah, this is this is my wife and I. Dorothy and I was married for 70 years, and we everywhere, all on the Queen Mary, all those big liners. I get very lonely, yeah. Terrible. Four, four years I've been on my own. Loneliness and isolation are leading causes of both mental and physical decline in older adults. The calls serve to keep elders engaged with the community while providing an opportunity to with someone who cares. In my conversations with the people, it's heartwarming to hear them say that I just make them feel good, that I just, just made them feel, just made their day. And so that's heartwarming. That's an awful lot of fun. And their reaction when I call them on the phone, it's like, oh, they're so excited. Christy, you called me back. I'm so glad. It's their time with me and it's my time with them. So it's just that two-way conversation that we have together. It's, it's precious. Escaton, committed to serving seniors in the greater Sacramento region for over 50 years, recognizes the impact of loneliness and the importance of connection by offering this service free of charge. 
For those receiving calls, it makes all the difference in the world. And for those making calls, it is a heartfelt and rewarding experience. Yes, I believe in you. Yeah, so I'm glad that there is a service out there that does this where they call, you know, our elderly that's in assisted living homes and or maybe even living on their own. Right. But they're just they're not getting the phone calls or the visits from family members like they like they should. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's very, very frustrating. Um. It's very frustrating to see what's 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 taking place in our country and how our our wisdom class, right, our elderly, how they're being just tossed off to the side, to the curb. I've heard so many stories from my wife because she was a CNA and worked with these people. And you really have to have a truly a big heart. And my wife's got a heart of gold and she's told me and shared so many stories with, you know, about all the people that she's, you know, cared for. And just, you know, as far as meaning the family that visits once or twice a year, you know, and it's very strange how life has this way of sweeping us off our, our feet, right? And it, 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 it our, you know, lives tend to carry us away on a tide of, you know, obligations and responsibilities and, and, and that endless to-do list that we always seem to never complete, right? And we always become entangled in the web of our own business and in our own busyness, I should say, and our own ambitions and, you know, our dreams we're trying to achieve. And before you know it, you know, time slips through our fingers like grains of sand. But amidst through the, all the chaos in our life that we go through, you know, there's that, there's that silence that slowly settles over a chapter in life that we often fail to acknowledge. And that's the aging of our parents and our grandparents. You know, those once vibrant men and women who guided our steps and nurtured our dreams now find themselves navigating in the twilight of their own existence. And then they're trying to seek, they're trying their best to seek uh, solace in memories while wrestling with the heaviness of solitude. It's really sad. And like I said, my wife could speak to this with firsthand experience when she worked as a CNA in assisted living homes. You know, she once cared for our wisdom class that we all call and know as senior citizens. And, and she's, you know, and, and she looked at every single one of those residents as if they were her own family members. She would share stories, you know, with me telling me how, you know, it's sad to see how their family members, most of them, not all of them, but most of them by and large would only visit during like Christmas and Easter and maybe their birthday if it was remembered. Maybe their birthday. And this is why she worked so much. She took them in like they were her own grandparents, putting in 16-hour days, seven days a week for one time at one point in her life for about five or six months straight. Five months at least. You see, the truth is sometimes we forget. We forget to pick up the phone. We forget to visit. We don't think to share a heartfelt conversation with our grandparents or our elderly parents if they're that age. 
You know, we let the demands of our own lives eclipse the significance of those who gave us life. And the ones who held us when we were fragile and little and dependent on, you know, on them once upon a time, right? The ones who love, whose love sculpted our very being. And as we forget, their world becomes hushed. The heaviness weighs down on them in our absence. The laughter that once reverberated through the halls dims and then is replaced by a haunting silence that can be deafening in their ears. And their eyes, once bright with anticipation, right, reflect a glimmer of longing and a yearning for connection. And they wait by the phone. They wait, they stare at an empty doorway, hoping for the sound of a familiar voice or the warmth of an embracing hug. But yet we got companies like what I just played in the video that call free of charge to be the voice that we need to be, to be the phone call that we should already be making to our family. It shouldn't take a company of volunteers to call our family members just to make them feel special. I mean, it's already bad enough. They got dumped in an assisted living homes, much less never be called or contacted again or visited. I mean, it's bull crap. You know, if only we truly understood the weight of our own absence, the void left by our unspoken words, our silence echoes. Little do more, most people realize our silence echoes louder than any words we could ever utter. And it whispers and missed opportunities it tells a story of detachment and disconnect of an unintentional abandonment that leaves an indelible mark on their souls yeah but jason they got dementia they they, they don't really remember me every time i come by they don't even know who i am yeah well guess what my wife was just telling me just not that long ago it might be they might not know who you are, but you know what? They sure as hell somehow remember some way. Always remember when their birthday is. And if they don't remember the exact day, they definitely remember the exact month of their birth, their birth month. And when nobody shows up to wish them a happy birthday in that month of 30 or 31 days or 28, if it's February, 29 if it's a leap year but if no one shows up in that month they know they might not know who should show up but they know somebody didn't show up to wish them a happy birthday and that's sad that is absolutely sad and we shouldn't even be dropping our our, our elderly off in assisted living homes now, granted, you got good people like my wife who used to work in them, but they're far and few between. They're like unicorns, honestly. They really are unicorns. They're, they're, they're diamonds in the rough, and you're not going to find many of them all over the place. A lot of these workers, I hate to say it, are typically there for the benefits, the pay, and retirement. That's it. There's a lot of a-holes that work in these places and don't give a rip. Don't think for a minute just because, you know, Grandma or grandpa's paying three, four thousand, five, six, eight thousand dollars a month that they're gonna have the best care in the world and they're gonna be treated like gold. Oh no. 
And even if they were treated like gold, they still want visitors. We need to pause and reflect a little bit and let us open our hearts to the profound impact of our presence or our absence, because it is within our power to kindle light in their twilight years and to bridge the gap with a simple phone call or a visit that warms their weary hearts and let us offer them the gift of our time and our presence and the reassurance that, hey, you're loved, you're cherished, and you're not forgotten. Because it's the tapestry of life that threads, the threads of our family should never fray. You know, they should weave together binding generations and cultivating a legacy of compassion, right? And nurturing the bonds that transcend time. And let us be the ones who break the silence and, and who breathe life into their days and bring solace to their aging hearts. May we never let the shadows of our absence cast a permanent darkness upon their lives, but instead let us paint a portrait of love and, and understanding and gratitude for what they have done for us as we were growing up. And let us choose a connection over indifference and presence over absence. And for the time will come when our roles may reverse. And it is in that moment that we will truly understand of an aging heart. Now, before we continue to go further in that discussion, let's get into the reading of 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. And this is the chapter 1 for 1 Peter. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the chosen sojourners of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, and the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification by the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling with the blood of Jesus Christ may grace and peace be yours in abundance. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by the power of God are safeguarded through faith to a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the final time. In this you rejoice, although now for a little while you may have to suffer through various trials, so that the genius, excuse me, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that is perishable, even through tested by fire, even though tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, yet believe in him, you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. As you attain the goal of your faith, the, the salvation of your souls, concerning this salvation, prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and investigated it. Investigate time and circumstances that the Spirit of Christ within them indicated when it testified in advance to the sufferings destined for Christ and the glories to follow them. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you with regard to the things that have now been announced to you by those who preach the good news to you through the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, live soberly, and set your hopes completely on the grace to be 
brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like obedient children, do not act in compliance with your desires of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in every aspect of your conduct. For it is written, be because I am holy. Now, if you invoked as your father him who judges impartially according to each one's works, conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of soldiering, of your soldiering, realizing that you were ransomed from your futile conduct handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a spotless, unblemished lamb. He was known before the foundation of the world, but revealed in the final time for you. And who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Now, since you have purified yourselves by obedience to the truth for sincere mutual love, love one another intensely from a pure heart. You have been born anew, not from perishable, but from imperishable seed through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower wilts, but the word of the Lord remains forever. This is the word that has been proclaimed to you. And that is the reading of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1-25. through 25. So, in summary, first, the first chapter of Peter, 1 Peter, the apostle addresses the chosen believers who are dispersed in the various regions and he emphasizes the hope and salvation found in jesus christ acknowledging the challenges they may face now peter begins by extending greetings and identifying himself as an apostle and he sends his message to the chosen believers who are living as soldiers in different places and he highlights the role of god the father the sanctifying work of the spirit and the sacrificial blood of jesus christ as the foundation of their faith and so Peter rejoices in the new birth and living hope that believers have received through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And he describes their inheritance as an imperishable and unfading treasure kept in heaven for them. And believers are assured of God's power protecting them through faith for the salvation that will be revealed in that final time. And so Peter acknowledges that they may experience various trials which test the genuineness of their faith and he compares their faith to gold refined by fire, emphasizing its preciousness. Their faith, when proven genuine, will result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, although the believers have not physically seen Jesus, they love him and believe in him. And their love for him brings indescribable joy as they look forward to the ultimate goal of their faith, which is the salvation of their souls. Now, Peter then addresses the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to the believers. And so these prophets searched and investigated the prophecies concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. And so the prophets understood that their messages were not for themselves, but for future generations. Now, Peter urges the believers to be prepared and sober-minded, setting their hope on the grace that will be revealed when Jesus Christ returns. And he encourages them to live as obedient children, no longer conforming to their former ignorant desires, but being holy in all aspects of their conduct. And Peter quotes from the Old Testament, emphasizing the call to holiness. So the believers are reminded to conduct themselves with reverence during their temporary soldiering on earth, 
knowing that they have been ransomed from futile ways inherited from their ancestors. And their redemption is not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, the unblemished Lamb of God. And Jesus, who was known before the foundation of the world, was revealed in that final time for the sake of the believers' faith and hope in God. So overall, Peter concludes this chapter by highlighting the purified love resulting from their obedience to truth. See, believers are called to love one another sincerely from a pure heart, having been born anew through the abiding word of God. And he quotes, like I said, from the Old Testament to illustrate the temporary of earthly things compared to the enduring word of the Lord. So overall, in summary, 1 Peter chapter 1, overall it focuses uh, on the believer's identity as chosen soldiers. Their living hope in Christ, the testing of their faith through trials and the call to holiness, the preciousness of their redemption through Christ's blood and the importance of genuine love among believers. So as we read here in 1 Peter chapter 1, we encounter verses that can be intertwined with the topic of of what we were just talking about in the opening monologue of you know <clears throat> what you know about neglecting people who neglect aging parents and grandparents see there's one relevant passage in first peter which is uh chapter 1 verse 22 and it states now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other love one another deeply from the heart See, this verse emphasizes the importance of genuine and deep love within our relationships, and it reminds us that our love should extend beyond superficial gestures and reach into the depths of our hearts. But applying this teaching to the context of our aging parents and grandparents, it prompts us to examine the sincerity and depth of our love for them. Now, when we neglect our elderly loved ones, or the wisdom class, as some would call it, you know, we're failing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're failing to demonstrate the sincere love that is encouraged in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. We're failing significantly because instead we are called to purify ourselves and cultivate a genuine affection that stems from the core of our being. But this involves actively engaging with our aging parents and grandparents, right? Expressing care, calling them, ensuring that they feel valued and cherished. Give them a visit once in a while. Help. Drop them a letter for crying out loud. Let them know somebody in their own family is thinking of them and not some voluntary company or organization that calls them once a week, like clockwork. No, we need to be doing that. In addition to all this, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 24 through 25 it speaks of the impermanence of human life, stating, For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. See, this passage, folks, needs to remind us of the fleeting nature of life and the significance of honoring and appreciating our aging parents and grandparents while we have the opportunity still. Last year alone, my wife lost both her grandparents. Two weeks apart from each other. They were married for, damn, I don't even know how long, over 70 years. They've known each other since grade school. And she just said over the weekend, it feels because my grandfather had a birthday on 
Friday, Friday, Thursday. And I was the first one to call. It was 10 a.m. Eastern time, and I was the first one to call. My, my grandfather, he was so happy to hear from me. He's not much of a talker. But my grandmother was even saying, she goes, what time is it by you? Because, you know, my grandfather wanted to know. And um, you could tell, like, you know, she was like, oh, you're, you know, I'm, you're the first one that called today. I said, well, I said, I, I, I'm glad for that. But, you know, I'm sure others will, will call, you know. And my wife was just saying right here, by the way, it wasn't two weeks. They, 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 they passed away four weeks apart from each other. And together, they almost were married almost 75 years. They met in third grade. And she was just saying over the weekend after I called my grandfather for his birthday to wish him a happy birthday and talk to him for a little while. And no, that's not the only time I call. I try to call every two to three weeks. I try to call both my grandparents, sets of grandparents that are still alive on both my mom and dad's side of the family. Because I want them to know, hey, you still have grandkids or a grandkid that still loves you and thinks about you. Other than my other cousin, Katie, I'm really the only grandchild out of, I don't know how many, that actually really call on a regular basis to my, my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side. And as far as my dad's side, I think I'm the only grandchild, period. And there's a lot more. He's got six kids who all have kids of their own. And nobody calls my grandpa Jones, ever. I'm the only one, as far he, as he tells me. That's a freaking problem. Even his own kids don't call on a regular basis. That's bull crap. See, this is the kind of thing that should encourage us to embrace the enduring value of our relationships, recognizing that time is precious and moments spent with loved ones are irreplaceable. Incorporating the teachings of 1 Peter chapter 1, we can see that neglecting our aging parents and grandparents is contrary to the call for sincere love and the recognition of life's shortness. And so by applying... These teachings, folks, we can seek to purify our own hearts and deepen our love and honor our elderly loved ones with the genuine care and attention that they deserve. Let me share you. Well, you know what? Before I share this story with you, let's play this last audio piece real quick. Let me, because I got to readjust my seat, because like I said, I'm still dealing with inflammation in my back and it's sore. It's more sore than beyond belief. It sucks. Let's, let's, let's listen to this for a second, real quick. It's about three minutes long. Give this a listen to. If you've never been lonely, you don't realize what it is like. It feels as though you've been dumped in the deep end and there's nobody there to rescue you. Well, you go hours and hours and never speak to anybody. I don't think you'll ever get used to it. You know, it's always loneliness. How do you measure loneliness when even trying to talk about it takes your breath away? The room's just empty. (laughs) 91-year-old Margaret Nicholas has lived in this house virtually her whole life, first with her parents, then her husband and family. Two years ago, her husband died. Now, it's just her. I mean, we used to do the garden together. 
do our shopping together. Everything was done together. But you obviously miss him. I do. Yeah. Margaret's granddaughter takes her shopping and neighbours pop in to check she's okay. But it's everyday company she misses. Some people would think me a bit odd, but I do chat to my husband. I do it so I'm sort of, you know, speaking. That's the wife with a cousin. Roy Croucher lives a short drive away. He and Margaret have loneliness in common. He lost his only son to cancer and then his wife for 50 years. I'm always hoping that the wife will come through the door, which she never will. If you go out, you come back and you come back to an empty house, you know, and it's loneliness again. And you're always waiting for somebody to call. Roy says he's lucky. A friend and her family see him most weeks. But like Margaret, some days the only voice he'll hear is a call from a phone befriending service run by volunteers. Judy rings up on a Saturday night because last Saturday she was the first person I spoke to all day. And that's a long day. It is a long day. And how much difference has that made, that phone call that comes on Saturday night when you haven't spoken to anyone else all day? Well, I always look forward to it. I always put that f phone on that seat, ready to pick it up. And that's uh, a great help. The campaign to end loneliness says it should now be treated as a public health issue. Identifying the most vulnerable is critical then offering support to cope with the bewildering and painful reality of ending up alone. I've never been on my own ever before. No. And so getting used to that has been hard. It has. I don't think I shall ever get really used to it. It's just something that uh, is thrown at you. You know, and you can't get, to, you can't uh, throw it back to anybody. You know, you've got to just carry on. Hearing those stories from those people just absolutely break my heart. There's no reason for it. I don't really know what else to really say regarding this topic because you know, I, I know there are other casters out there that have talked about this at great length. And, 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 you know, sadly, there's a lot of money to be made in elder care because as people become friends of the world and they become engulfed in their own lives, trying to achieve this, that, and the other, and try to climb the ladder of success in the corporate world, and they want to be that multi-millionaire CEO or executive of some sort. Trying to chase that mighty dollar, forgetting where they came from, forgetting who raised them, forgetting who wiped their rear end 
and who picked them up after falling off their bike and scraping up their body with road rash and who cared for them. They, they, they forget all that very quickly. They forget where they come from. They forget who took care of them. And, and yet they get so engulfed of, of, of being friends with the world. You know, I lost my grandma, uh, Elsie. That's on my dad's side. It's my dad's mom. Uh, what, maybe a couple of years ago now? I can't remember. It's I lose track of time anymore. I mean, we lost about eight family members last year. I don't know if she was part of those eight last year. I think it was the year before that. Anyway, before she passed away, yeah, it was the year before. That's right. My wife was putting here in the chat the year before last year. So 2021. But two years leading up before her passing, we were living in our apartment. We weren't even in our house yet. And something started prompting me to start. She lived in North Carolina. And something inside of me just said to start giving her a call and checking on her. And I did. And I started calling and I... And she was so excited because, you know, I, I didn't really grow up around her like I did with my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side, who I, I refer to as Omi and Opa. <clears throat> she wasn't a regular grandma in my life, but she was my grandma. Again, because we were states away. So I was never really close to her, right? Well, two years prior to her death, I started calling her and I started talking to her and we FaceTimed and she absolutely loved it. I mean, it was just like you just see her light up. And I'm no one special, but I think it's the fact that, wow, a grandchild is actually reaching out to me. And she lived on her own. She didn't live assisted living. In fact, my uncle, one of her kids, one of her sons out of six was living with her and I think she was being used, but that was, that's a different story for a different day, but whatever. But the bottom line is, is that I, I, I included her life. She got to seeing and knowing who Haven was and what she looked like through FaceTime and through pictures and, and talking to her. And she just, you know, I tried to include her as best as I possibly could, even though we were states away, thankfully with technology that's evolved the way that it's evolved to. And she started getting bad and to make a long story short, she got to a point to where she was in hospice and pretty much brain dead, but still living. She was declining very, she declined very quickly. And I'll never forget Aunt Kim who lived near her called me, said, Hey, I think grandma's reaching her time and wanted to see if you wanted to talk to her real quick, even though she couldn't talk back, but wanted to see if you could talk to her. And say goodbyes, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm like, yeah, sure. Thinking it wouldn't really be a big deal. Well, turned out I didn't, I didn't know how I'd react to that. Uh, apparently I reacted very badly. Uh, I didn't know what to say. I started breaking down in tears. I, I couldn't really even get out two or three words to string a sentence. And I just, I, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't say much at all. And so anyways, ended up hanging up. Well, later on that night. Everybody had called her. Everybody had talked to her. Everybody had said their goodbyes and love yous and stuff like that, right? And my Aunt Kim and my cousins even left her alone to, you know, maybe because, you know, because she just wouldn't pass away. And so they went out to dinner and got, a, you know, a bite to eat thinking, okay, maybe she just needs time by herself, right? And they came back. Hour later, she was still living. 
and she was my aunt kim was just getting baffled like wait a minute like what your mom it's okay to go like you've said goodbye to everybody everybody said their i love you you know i, I love yous and and said their peace it's okay mom. but she wouldn't let go so she texted me she goes jason she goes i think she might need to talk to you again because of how upset you sounded earlier I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to work up my, work it up and hold back my tears, you know? So I FaceTimed her and, and I was talking to her and boy, I tell you, it was so sad seeing her in that vegetative state, but I talked to her, brought up a few stories and told her, you know, shared some memories that I had of her when we went to visit her, took a road trip from New Jersey down to North Carolina. I remember playing on that organ, you know, that organ she had in her, in her living room. And I remember she had like one of the oldest computers known to man, but it had that awesome game on there, organ trail. Remember that game? Yeah. She had that game on her computer. And I remember playing that all the time. I love playing that game. And I brought up these stories. And so we talked for about 20, 25 minutes. And then finally I said, I love you and my goodbyes. And I told her, I said, it's okay to go home. I hung up and five minutes later, I get a text from my aunt Kim. She says, Jason, you'll never believe it. I think she was waiting for you because she passed away five minutes after that phone call. That was, that was something else. Let me tell you guys that. It still brings tears to my eyes when I think about that because I was like, wow. But I'm glad that I took the time two years prior to her passing. And I'm glad I listened internally to, to call her and to make sure she knows, hey, I know you got a lot of kids and grandchildren and I don't know who's calling you and who's not calling you, but just know you still got one out here that actually really, really genuinely cares for you. And I want to know how you're doing because I, I, I think she was even saying that nobody really ever calls her. And as I call my grandfather, which is my dad's dad, you can hear the disappointment in his, in, in his voice when I call him, especially on holidays. And he's got, what one two he's got three out of six children that live in the same damn state two one hour away from them from him two of them that are an hour away and one it's 15 minutes up the road but yet somehow he spends easter by himself what the hell is that you got six kids three that live within an hour and yet you the man who is 80 something years old spends easter by himself what the flying hell is that it pisses me off. And when I call him, I tell him, I said, Grandpa, I'm so sorry that you have kids who don't take the damn time to drive up the road to come see you. I said, because you know what, Grandpa, if you live by me, I said, you better believe I'd be going to get you every single time. I said, that's bull crap. And I'm sorry. We can't do this to our grandparents. We can't do this to our parents, folks. I mean, one day we're going to find ourselves in that same seat, waiting, looking, and staring at the damn telephone, wishing it rings with a familiar voice.
That's why I try to call my grandparents as many times as I try to think of them. Yeah, I got a busy life. Sure, I got a damn busy life. Family, assembly, podcast, dealing with a freaking sore back right now. I almost canceled tonight's podcast, to be honest with you guys. Like, it's it's still bad. But, yeah, I got a busy life. But you know what? I still take the time to call them. You gotta, because one day we're going to be in that seat. Damn it, just thinking about it makes me want to have three, four more kids just to ensure that one out of those three or four visit my old, decrepit, crabby butt while I'm sitting on my porch, watering my grass, yelling at the kids, like, stay off my lawn. I'm hoping at least one of them would visit me and call me. Hell, maybe not every day, but at least once every week or so, maybe in a couple weeks. We can't forget about our wisdom class. We can't forget about our grandparents and our parents. We can't do that. All right. Send this in prayer. Heavenly Father, you know, we come before you today with grateful hearts and we seek your guidance and blessings for our elderly parents and our grandparents. We recognize the importance of never forgetting them and cherishing the wisdom that they possess and, 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 and help us to keep them actively in our thoughts and actions. Grant us the awareness to reach out to them, to call and visit regularly so that they may feel our love and care. May, may our interactions bring them joy and comfort. And may we create cherished memories together. And please instill in us a deep respect for the wisdom class that our parents and grandparents represent. May we honor their experiences, learn from their stories, and seek their counsel in times of need. May we never allow the busyness of our life to overshadow the precious moments that we have with them. We pray for their well-being, both physically and emotionally and even mentally. And grant them good health and strength and peace in their hearts and surround them with love and support, whether from family, friends, or caregivers. But we should never have to rely on a voluntary organization to give them a phone call. We should never have to rely on, on that. Granted, we're happy they exist, but we should never have that. So, Lord, help us to recognize the invaluable role that our elderly loved ones play in our lives. And may we never take their presence for granted while they're still here with us, while we still have time to talk to them and say I love you and visit them and, and embrace the blessings of their presence and the lessons that they have to teach us. And in your grace, hear our prayers and bless our elderly parents and grandparents abundantly. May we be vessels of love and compassion towards them now and always. And my wife puts in here, for those with heavy hearts, whatever might be weighing them down, give them grace and guidance and love. We pray all this in your son's name, your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. We pray, amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, I almost canceled tonight's podcast because my back is still sore. Man, is it sore. So when I get off of here, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to get my little back massager thing and I'm going to, that my neighbor lent me and it's been helping, but man, I, I just, I did a number on my back guys. So, uh, I'm going to try to get through it. Got to start up work tomorrow. Hee haw. But, um, 
I hope you all have a good rest of your weekend. And, and remember, give your grandparents a call if they're still around. And if they're not around, send a prayer up to them. But if they're alive, and, and, and even if they might not know or remember who you are because of mental decline, still give them a call and say, hey, I know you might not remember me, but hey, this is your grandson or this is your son and I just, or your daughter, whatever. Let them know that you're thinking of them. Don't let it go to waste because my grand, you know, like I said, my wife said, it's so weird not to have grandparents to not be able to call. Her grandparents, you know, her grandparents are, are, like I said, they're gone. And Donnie puts right here in the chat. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord makes his face to shine upon you, gracious upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That is from Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. So I hope you all have a great day, good rest of your weekend, and we will be back here tomorrow. Tomorrow is Father's Day. Uh, There may be a possibility I might take that day off. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not sure. Um, I got a lot of my to-do list done today, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. If it being Father's Day, I might, I might just take that one day, possibly. We'll see. But uh, I hope you got, and you'll know, I'll put it on Telegram, but I hope you all have a good weekend. And to all the fathers out there, if I'm not on tomorrow, I do hope you have a wonderful Father's Day. Take it. Spend time with your with your kids if, if you can. And, and uh and remember, take care of your, you know, take, just remember, call your parents, call your elderly grandparents. Don't let them fall to the wayside. It's very important. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, thank you, Donnie. I do appreciate that. Thank you for that. And happy Father's Day to you and happy Father's Day to Oscar and everybody else out there. And uh, we'll be back here, if not tomorrow, Monday for sure. But we'll see. We'll see. Depends how I feel. It's been a rough, a rough week at the at the water park, feeling like I've been feeling, but I've been I've been doing my best. So God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, ladies and gentlemen. We are firm. We are steadfast and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at his heart line. We'll see you back here next time.